0: I'm Donica Contour, and this is Naptime Devotionals, episode 35, Worth the Riches of the Whole Earth, studying Doctrine and Covenants, sections 67 through 70. Welcome to Naptime Devotionals, a come follow me study for busy moms. I'm Donica Contour, your host. I'm a mom of four kids, wife of a high school theater teacher, and my favorite show to binge watch is Murder, she wrote. Hello, hello, hello. Um, here we are. Once again, my cold is kind of starting to clean up. So I'm sounding a little more like myself, which I'm not gonna lie, is kind of nice. So let's jump into this. Um, so as any good parent would, Heavenly Father is so aware of us. So as any good parent would be, I guess. Heavenly Father is so aware of us. We see this in Doctrine and Covenants, section 67, verses 1 through 3. We see this in section 68, verse 6. We see this in section 70, um, verses 17 and 18. And then if we take a look at Parents, the Prime Gospel Teachers of Their Children, by Tad R. Callister from October 2014 General Conference. (coughs) Holy moly. He says, um, as parents, we can proceed with the assurance God will never leave us alone. God never gives us a responsibility without offering divine aid, which I don't know about you, but I feel like that's a lot of reassurance for me. Um, uh, speaking of parents, we're actually going to spend a lot of time here in the plan of salvation. Um, we're going to talk, or speaking of the plan of salvation, we're going to talk about the role of parents. Okay. And the role of parents is kind of beyond important. So let's look at Dr. And Covenants. Can you hear Scott? <laughs> He's bouncing on my lap. It's fine. Um, yeah, you're saying hi to everybody you think I hi to everybody. Um, okay, so <clears throat> let's look at Doctrine and Covenants, section 68, verse 25, and I'm actually going to read this one. Yeah. It says, and again, inasmuch as parents have children in Zion or in any of her stakes, which are organized... That teach them not to understand the doctrine of repentance, faith in Christ, the Son of the living God, and of baptism, and the gift of the Holy Ghost by the laying on of hands. When eight years old, the sin be upon the heads of the parents. So essentially, if we don't do our job and teach our children the things that they need to know, then all of the mistakes that they make are on our heads because we didn't teach them any better. So what are some of the things that we need to be teaching them? Um, well, let's look at A Sin-Resistant Generation by Joy D. Jones from April Ooh. 2017, um, General Conference. She says, <clears throat> we're actually going to read, um, let's see here, is this the spot? Sorry. This is harder to do with just one hand, you guys. There's actually two scriptures, or two scriptures, two Sections we're gonna read. She says, Habits of prayer, scripture study, family, home evening, and sa- sa- and Sabbath worship leads to wholeness, internal consistency, and strong moral values. In other words, spiritual integrity. We must understand our and their divine identity and purpose before we can help our children see who they are and why they are here. We must help them know without question that they are sons and daughters of a loving Heavenly Father and that He has divine expectations of them. So the, like, to-do list of things are prayer, right? Um, And scripture study and family home evening and Sabbath worship. But I feel like the bigger underlying thing that we have to start with is divine nature. I feel like when our children believe, and this goes for, this is because this has been my experience for my own personal self. When we understand and when our children understand who they are, right? That they're daughters, sons of our heavenly father. When they understand whose they are, right? That they belong spiritually to our father in heaven. That they are princesses and princes in a very literal way. Um, For my girls, being literal princesses is kind of a big deal. Um, I don't think my boys care that much about being princes. But I was talking to my husband the other day and I realized both of our sons are named after royalty. Edmund the Just, right, from the Narnia. And then um, Scott's middle name is Aomir, who is a prince in, in the kingdom of Rohan. So that's kind of cool that both of our sons have royal names. Anyway, so when they re- when our children realize who they are and who they are, right, um, many of the things that we want them to do are going to come naturally. So one of the things all of the talks and all of the scriptures focus on a lot, very heavily, is prayer. And I feel like one of the reasons that this is, is because prayer is one of the primary ways we develop a relationship with our Heavenly Father. Okay? So, Tad R. Callister, hey, baby, you need to be quiet because I'm trying to talk here. Okay? Thanks. He says, one of the most meaningful things we can do as parents is teach our children the power of prayer, not just the routine of prayer. Okay? Did you catch that? Like, I mean, I kind of, <laughs> like, mic drop. You know what I mean? Do kids say that anymore? I don't know. But that's, I just love that. The power of prayer, not just the routine of prayer. And he goes on <clears throat> to talk a little bit more about how we can teach our children the power of prayer. He says, oh. As parents, we can teach our children to pray for things of eternal consequence, to pray for the strength to be morally clean in a very challenging world, to be obedient and to have the courage to stand for the right. So, I mean, what are we teaching our children to pray for, right? One of the things that we do with our kids is um, when we're teaching them how to pray is that we make sure that we tell them we... Okay, this is how we say a prayer, right? You know, like, um, our son, Edmund, is two years old, and he knows how to say, like, a super basic prayer. Um, But we're trying to... I kind of fell off the bit a little bit once we had Scott because, you know, sleep deprivation. But um, one of the things that we've tried to do as we've been teaching our kids how to pray... As we ask them, well, what are some things that you are grateful for? What are some things you can tell Heavenly Father, thank you for putting this thing in my life, right? And then what are some things um, that you need help with? Or what are who are some people that you think could use some blessings or people that you think could use help? Um, and then kind of giving them those questions to think about. And then have them kind of come up with a little list of things that they want to talk about in their prayer. And then that way, even though we still help them say their prayers... Um they the things that they're saying are things that they came up with. Um I feel like once our children know whose they are and start to develop that relationship with their Heavenly Father through prayer, they're going to want to know how to find answers, right? Um at least for me, right? That's how it happened. And for me, um my answers come very frequently through my scripture study. And in the scriptures, one of the things that is most prominent that we learn is about covenants and commandments. And I feel like it's so so important to teach our children about the importance of covenants and commandments. Um, in be therefore perfect eventually. Jeffrey R. Holland uh, or by Jeffrey R. Holland from the October 2017 General Conference, he says, Flipping pages here, guys. That one freehand. Ouch. Satan has somehow managed to make covenants and commandments seem like curses and condemnations. For some, he has turned the ideals and inspirations of the gospel into self-loathing and misery-making. Like, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Satan is very talented um, in a really horrible and unfortunate kind of way. Right? So with Satan working so hard against us, what do we do? What do we do? Well, Joy D. Jones has an answer for us. Okay. Sorry, guys. (laughs) Baby, stop. Sorry, I'm being pinched. Okay, she says hold your little ones close. Not close enough that they can pinch you. Just kidding. Okay. Here's what she says. Hold your little ones close, so close that they see your daily religious behavior and watch you keeping your promises and covenants. Children are great imitators, so give them something great to imitate. We are indeed helping to teach and raise a sin-resistant generation unto the Lord, promise by promise and covenant by covenant. Okay. Um... And from personal experience of having four children, I can verify that kids will do what you do and not necessarily do what you say. And so it's super important, as with most parenting, that in our gospel and scripture studies and all the things, that we have to be doers of our words, not sayers only. All right. We need to show our children that the gospel is important to us. Um, Joy D. Jones says, keeping our covenants is always independent of our situation. I remember hearing a story one time about um, somebody was saying that like they went to the movies and... um, way back when. <laughs> and if you were under 12 years old, it was a dollar. But once you were 12 years old, it was $5 or, you know, something like that. And, you know, the parents always preached the importance of, um, of being honest. And then this one time they were like, oh, you know, say you're, you know, he had just turned 12 like a couple days before. And so, Anyway, it was just an opportunity for, um... Sorry, my cat is getting up on stuff, you guys. You guys, it's been a day. Let me tell you, it has been a day and a half, and we're not even halfway done. Um, It's important to make sure that our covenants are not situational, right? It's not, well, I will always keep my covenants about wearing my garments, except if I have this really fancy... dress rehearsal thing to go to, then I'm going to wear a dress that doesn't allow me to cover up my garments. Um, or I'm always going to be honest except for when it costs me more money, then I'm not going to be honest. Or I'm always going to, um, make sure that I have clean language except for when I get super crazy frustrated and then whatever comes out is what comes out. Um, yeah. One of the very first things I highlighted when I was studying the Come Follow Me is this question. And it says, what would you say to a parent who doesn't feel qualified to teach these things to his or her children? And I feel like, um, for me, like I said, it's been a day. I'm trying to do all the things and my cat and the babies and all the things. (laughs) Um, one of the things that I struggle with most is comparison and even comparing myself day to day um like yesterday may have been a really good day and I may have been really patient with the kids and then today I'm working off less sleep and so I'm yelling at the kids more and I'm not being as patient and I'm grumbling and wondering if I can sell the kids on ebay and (laughs) um and Jeffrey R. Holland has some words of wisdom here hey do you mind I'm trying to read some Jeffrey R. Holland here Mr. Baby He says, I believe in his perfection. Speaking of our father in heaven, I believe in his perfection and I know we are his spiritual sons and daughters with divine potential to become as he is. I also know that as children of God, We should not demean or vilify ourselves as if beating up on ourselves is somehow going to make us the person God wants us to become. No, with a willingness to repent and a desire for increased righteousness, always in our hearts, I would hope. That we could pursue personal improvement in a way that doesn't include getting ulcers or anorexia, feeling depressed or demolishing our self-esteem. That is not what the Lord wants for his primary children or anyone else who honestly sings, I'm trying to be like Jesus. He goes on to say, every one of us aspires to a more Christ-like life than we often succeed in living. If we admit that honestly, and we are trying to improve, we are not hypocrites. We are human. May we refuse to let our own mortal follies and the inevitable shortcomings of even the best men and women around us make us cynical about the truths of the gospel, the truthfulness of the church, Our hope for our future or the possibility of godliness. I. Let's look at application. Teach your children about the atonement by letting them see you use it. Apologize to them, admit your faults show them that you're a human being, and you're not always right, and sometimes you make mistakes just like they do, and I feel like that for me growing up, I remember my dad always did that, and that was something I always respected him for, and I always knew that he, he wasn't, there was no mightier, higher than thouness ness with my dad, because he would admit to us when he was wrong, Let your children learn about the power of prayer by seeing you plead on their behalf to their Father in Heaven. Let them learn of the importance of the Scriptures by watching you joyfully feast on those words. Let them learn of the strength that you gain from keeping your covenants by showing them how you keep your covenants. By talking to them about why you keep your covenants. Hold them close on your journey. Okay, I'm going to close with some Joy D. Jones here because (laughs) I don't know if you can tell, but baby Scott is kind of done. She says, as you teach, lead, and love children in the Savior's way, you can receive personal revelation that will aid you in creating and arming valiant, sin-resistant children. Because ultimately, our sin-resistant children are not about having sin-less children. That's impossible. But we would like to (coughs) make them very familiar with the atonement, make them very familiar with repentance, and show them that Heavenly Father and us as their parents, as their moms, we love them no matter what. Because guess what? You are loved no matter what. Heavenly Father loves you no matter what. Even if you deny his existence completely, which I'm assuming if you're listening to this podcast, you probably don't deny Heavenly Father's existence completely. But even if you did, he would still absolutely 100% love you. Um, He wouldn't be able to bless you in the same ways, but he would still 100% love you. Um, And I think that that's something to be said, is that we don't have to earn that love. And I think that Satan sometimes makes us feel like that. Especially as moms, we tend to beat up on ourselves a lot. But as um, Elder Holland told us, Heavenly Father doesn't want us to beat up on ourselves. There, there's, it's absolutely completely pointless. It doesn't make us feel good. It doesn't make us better. You cannot hate yourself better. Shame doesn't work. So I want you to be merciful with yourself. Love yourself. Every time you make a mistake this, today, this week... I want you to look yourself in the eye in the mirror or in your phone or in any way that you can look yourself in the eye and say, listen, I know that you're struggling and I love you anyway, because I guarantee that is exactly what Heavenly Father is wanting to tell you right in this moment, right in every moment is I know you're struggling and I love you anyway, because you're incredible and you're a daughter of the King and that makes you divine and that makes you royal and that makes you incredible without you having to do anything at all. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to try. You are already incredible. I still think you should try, though, (laughs) because we still want to get to the celestial kingdom if we can. All right. I'll talk to you next week.